To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 108. Opinionated Benchwarmers are back to do what we do best, and that's talk sports. We appreciate you for following us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms, and you can find us on the radio in Baton Rouge and New Orleans. Markets at 99.1 FM if you like the radio every Thursday as a part of the Simply Simone Show. Uh, every Thursday, 9 and 12, you can find the opinionated bench warmers as part of the radio. But we're here to get into it. I'm not gonna hold y'all. How you fellas feeling, man? I couldn't be any better, bro. I, I can't lie to you, it couldn't be any better. But there you go, rock this podcast. I'm ready to rock the podcast. Oh man, here we go. I'm not gonna hold it up, even though I kind of want to delay it because I already know what's coming. I know. What we gotta hear and what the listeners. You mean the James Harden trade, Ramon? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the exactly. James Harden trade just happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> nah, all right, we gonna we not gonna do that time, boy, man. The Super Bowl just took place this past Sunday. L.A. Rams versus Cincinnati Bengals, and the L.A. Rams came out victorious in heart in very heart wrenching. Uh, what would you say? Heart wrenching uh, fashion. Uh, as a Bengals fan, uh, what was the final score? 23 to 20. Uh, yeah. it was a close game. Uh, it was a good game, very entertaining. Uh, Carlos, we're not gonna, I'm not gonna stand in the way. We're gonna let you have the floor. You, yes, your please, team, please. your team are world champions. I, I yeah, yeah. you'll get it back in about 20 minutes or so. Yeah, I, I'll see you. i see you at the end of the podcast. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me get real, let me get real close to the mic for this one, y'all. So, uh, this has been good, man. Like, uh, you guys know I've been rocking. Oh, with man. <laughs> My bad, man. <laughs> anyway, man, this has been amazing. Like, you guys know I've been rocking with the Rams a long, long time, man. Like, since 99, since our first championship, really is when I became a fan with the greatest show on turf days. And being able to see this championship, I can't even lie to you guys, like, I was overcoming emotions, you know what I'm saying, to the point where I just, you know, just, you know, you rock with something, you love something so much, and to see it all come together and to win a championship and to be happy for your team's success, it was just one of those good feelings. And, you know, I got a little teary-eyed, I can't lie, I couldn't stop it. My face looked like Odell Beckham's a little bit, you know, towards the end there, but I, I can't lie, man, it was just amazing feeling. And, um, you know, I think Sean McVay, the work, the time he puts in, very deserving. 
um, you know, especially after that 2018 showing against the Patriots going all the way, supposed to be the, the boy genius, right? Everybody, you know, really coined him as the boy genius and to put up three points in the Super Bowl in 2018 against the Patriots, who he was owned, completely owned by Bill Belichick that game. And to show up this game and have his team ready with a different type of confidence. He didn't overcompensate this year. He 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 got his team ready, you know, and I really think this game wouldn't have been as close as it was if it wasn't for the Beckham injury. You know, Beckham really was the guy that was moving the chains and was really moving the ball down the field for the Rams, you know, and as the game started, the Rams came down on their second possession and scored a touchdown where Beckham scored it. I really felt like this game plan was built around Odell Beckham and Odell Beckham putting up points as you've seen that, that first quarter before he got hurt. Um, and then, you you know, as after he got hurt, you can see the Rams offense kind of slow down a little bit. And um, it, that's just, to me, that show right there that the game plan was really built around Odell Beckham because they knew that they were going to double team, triple team, Cooper Cup, the triple crown king this year. And uh, once he went out, it was really, you know, we had to play some solid defense. And as you've seen, the defense kind of held you know, kept the game close, you know, even after that big play to start the second half with T Higgins pretty much ripping off Jalen Ramsey's face mask to score a touchdown that wasn't called, you know, and I know there's a lot of Bengals fans out there that are saying, hey, you know, the refs call all these bogus calls, but it was both ways. And you could say that every game, you know, I would say that's no excuse. You know, there was plenty of times where the Bengals was up double figures, um, Oh, you know, they were up, you know, quite a bit more than a touchdown and they had an opportunity to expand the lead and have the ball and they didn't. The defense kept it close. So I would just say that the Bengals, again, hats off to those guys, man, because it was just again, they competed. You know, they were in a game where they were one of the biggest underdogs in um, Super Bowl history and they still came into this game and made it close and made it interesting. And, you know. As a fan of the Rams, you, of course, you wanted to be a blowout. You want to be able to relax. But the Bengals kept it interesting, kept your heart pounding. You know, they made big plays. And Joe Burrow, man, he's not afraid of anybody. The best corner in the league, he was just throwing right at Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey did not have his best game at all. You know, he really got beat on a couple plays. He made plays here and there. You know, and a cornerback is one of those positions where you don't really get the, the – the glory if you shut down a guy and the guy doesn't and the, the quarterback don't throw it that way you don't really get the glory for that but you know if you get caught on you know it's going to be placed on all over twitter for a while so um you know he didn't have his best game but hats off to joe burrow jamar chase and t higgins those guys man that's going to be a nice little combo for years to come the biggest hope is that they can get some type of protection for the Bengals, and that's what i'm hoping for because right now the afc is loaded Loaded right now, and um, you know it was a good game. You know, I'll leave it at that. It was a good game, fellas. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll go ahead and chime in. You actually kind of ended a little sooner than I expected, uh, but I'll go ahead and chime in real quick. And first, just want to you know take my hat off basically to the to the Rams. You know, I got to first start off by shouting them out. Uh, they are the champs. You know, they did earn it. And one thing that I will say about t- them as a franchise is that they put all their chips in, you know, this is a franchise that decided that they were going to, you know, trade away future picks, you know, to go get future first round picks to go get Matthew Stafford. We saw the movement to go get Von Miller. We saw what they did years ago to go get Jalen Ramsey. This is a team that has been aggressive 
uh, they have gone all in and it ended up paying off for them. And so hats off to them for being aggressive and not sitting back and just hoping that things fall into your lap and just relying on the fact of being in L.A., but saying, hey, we're going to go and make some of these things happen. So that's one thing that I can just go ahead and, and just take my hat off to them for doing that. Um, and then also, too, I mean, you know, play well, extremely well throughout the course of these playoffs. Um, you already talked about Matthew Stafford and covered, you know, basically any time that a big drive really needs to happen, he stepped up and made it happen. He had a couple of moments throughout this, you know, Super Bowl where you were like, okay, what are you really doing there? And it was kind of a what we saw at Dean, kind of a Stafford-esque type of play. But still, ultimately, when it was the biggest moment, you know, he showed up. Hats off also to Cooper Cup. You know, I've been right along with you, Los, throughout the course of this season, being one of the guys that have shouted Cooper Cup off consistently uh, because I just felt like this is one of the greatest seasons I've seen from a wide receiver but also in the playoff run, as I said before, he stepped up every single time that the Rams have needed a big drive, a big play. Cooper Cup has been there and he's been the guy. And that's why he earned that Super Bowl MVP. And then once again, too, hats off to Aaron Donald. This is one of, to me, the top five defensive players I've ever seen in the game, ever seen, if not putting him up there, even potentially higher. But he's definitely one of the top five defensive players that I've ever seen. You know, I'm looking at guys like LT that's up there. You know, you you run a Reggie White up there. You think of guys like Deion Sanders and some of those high-profile defensive guys like that. Um, but I put him right up there with anybody that we've ever seen. And um, it was just hats off to them. I'm going to just start off the initial segment with just hats off to the Rams, man. I know I'll be able to cycle back around and talk a little bit of Bengals talk, too. Yeah, man. Y'all covered it. Um <clears throat> It was a weird game to me, though, you know, in general, because you saw the Rams, they really took off prior to that Odell injury. It seemed like they were going to they were really on a roll there. Um, but Odell was able to manage to have a touchdown and hats off to him. Like, while we're giving hats off, because, um, I mean, he, he's had a long road. He go from being, being underutilized in Cleveland with the Browns to going to the Rams and having more touchdowns with them in one in one half a season in, in a half a season than he did with in the two seasons that he did with the Browns. Um, it was sad to see him go down that way because I felt like he had so much more to give. But it's like Lowe said, I mean, I think it was a different, it turned into a different ball game when he went out. Um, to your point with Aaron Donald, I think that he is on that Mount Rushmore of all time defensive players that we've ever seen, as well as just a football player in general, you know, up there with the Jerry Rices of the of the of the league. You know, he's he's the the one of the very best players we've ever seen, and it was only fitting for him to have the the walk off sack on Joe Burrow towards the end of the game. But I'm well, enough to say y'all guys covered. I just want to kind of keep the thing rolling. Um, and I, before I get into legacies, I mean, there were some a couple questionable calls. I wanted to give y'all get y'all thoughts on. Um, uh, I think more specifically on that fourth, was it fourth and one, or fourth and two, something like that. Uh, Rams were were um, were driving and they were in the red zone. They decided to go for it on fourth down, and there was a holding call called. I didn't see much there on my end, uh, and I know that refs is incapable of them seeing things, um, everything. But I mean, I thought that was like, I thought that was a pretty bad call there. 
especially before prior to that, it seemed like the game was flowing, like they were letting the guys play, and then they called a ticky tech foul like that. Uh, yeah, I, I'll I'll just say um, I think it was like third down when they yeah. made that call. Third and goal. And yeah, it was third and goal when they made that call, which it was a huge call at the time, and it wasn't much there, um, you know. But from a ref standpoint, when you it, it's hard to see, and I, I've heard people say that, you know, and I talk about the great Bill Belichick. He does this thing where he has his players wear gloves the same color as the players' uniforms, which helps with calls and stuff like that. And you look at that play when he, this guy, I can't even remember. I think he had an orange glove on, if I'm not mistaken. But the Rams' uniforms was white. And so you look at that play when, you know, Cup was trying to cross his face. I can see it. I mean, of course, in slow motion, it didn't look like much. But I can see where the ref thought he stopped the receiver when a cup crossed his face and he put his hand on his chest where he thought, okay, he's slowing down his progress. I can see where the ref made the call. So it wasn't just like a blatant, bad, just terrible call. I can see why he did it. But like against the Saints in 2018 when it was blatant. Right, exactly. Now, that was a, just a clear, like, what the heck? How do you not throw anything on that? <laughs> <Y'all> <laughs> but, had a, yeah. but speaking of that, y'all had a moment like that with Jalen Ramsey as well. I mean, the guy just, like, basically grabbed his face mask and there was no call. Jalen Ramsey stumbled and and 75-yard touchdown pass. Yeah, just to start the half, which is huge, you know, because, again, at that point, the Rams are up 13 to 10. So, again, you miss that call, you give them seven points or six to seven points right there, So, which is huge. And so, again – at the least, the Bengals had another shot after the play. You know what I mean? They had another shot. They had another four downs, which, again, it moved the ball closer and made the Browns, gave, the, you know, the Rams fresh downs. But, again, they still had another shot. It wasn't like the Jalen Ramsey play where you missed this. This is automatically points. It wasn't an automatically points call. And so they still had their chances, and they still even had their chances at the end when Joe Burrow had the ball that just didn't make a play. So a Bengals fan out there saying, oh, we got cheated, the refs won. You still had your chances. You just didn't make the plays, enough plays to win the game. And that's every game. Every game yeah. calls are going to be made. Yeah. I, miss. I think my my biggest thing and my biggest issue with the officiating is the fact that pretty much it wasn't there. It wasn't there for the duration of the game, probably 58 to 59 minutes. And then you decide to make the call at the end. And that's my biggest thing. I think it was a ticky-tack call. I think it's one of those ones that honestly, it could go either way. Like I do feel and see, you know, part of what they saw there and can see how they could make the call. I could also see how they can let that go. Um, And so for me, I just like to see consistency out of the reps. And that's what I feel that I didn't see was that you kind of let that go all night. Like we saw those kind of plays happening all night on both sides. And then you finally, when it's the biggest moment of the game, you finally call something like that. And so that was really my biggest issue. I don't feel that the game ultimately came down to officiating. I don't really think that that is what decided who won and who lost the game. But um, I do wish that officiating could just be just completely consistent throughout. You can't say that you are okay with doing this for 58 minutes and then all of a sudden, now nah, you can't do that. I just didn't agree with that part of it. Yeah, that's a good point. Solid, solid. Well, let's get into the guy's legacy. We kind of started off. We're going to start off with the best guy, number number 99, who's been 99 on Madden for the past five, six seasons. Uh, he's been in the top two of 
top 100 NFL players every year consistently. It's not a sexy position, decent defensive tackle, but I mean, just the legacy that he has, and now he has that Super Bowl that really cements him into that realm, as Ramon mentioned earlier with, with LT and, and, you know, Reggie White and, you know, like I mentioned, Randy Moss of being some of the greatest players we've ever seen in NFL, regardless of position, and that is Aaron Donald. Um, he had the closeout set. You know, we all seen the clip of Mac, Sean McVay saying that Aaron Donald's going to make a play here, and, and, and he did. And, I mean, let's get into coaching. I mean, I, it's so much with this game, but I, I really feel like Joe Mixon should have been out there on that play. You know, you didn't have a threat to run the ball out there. You know, Aaron Donald and the defensive line pretty much knowing that you're going to pass the ball. Like, I feel like it was a bad call there. But anyway, neither here nor there. Yeah. No, no, but just just one one note on that as well. I completely agree on the biggest drive, the biggest play of the Bengals of the Bengals season. You got Samaji P. Ryan in that position, and I just don't understand how on the final drive you don't have your best guys out there on that third and one. Joe Mixon should have been out there on that play, and also on that fourth and one. And the thing about it is, and this is not to take anything away from Aaron Donald, because it was a heck of a play on third and one and fourth and one. But I was listening to, you know, our guy Jacob Hester from LSU talk, and he talked about those moments where you had those short yardage situations. He said it's a mindset. He said no matter how great of a play Aaron Donald made there on that third and one, he felt Samaji P. Ryan, if he had the right mentality, should have been able to make that play. When you have a short yardage situation, he felt that Samaji P. Ryan kind of tiptoed, didn't run hard enough there, and that he has to find a way to get it done. But I still ultimately attribute that to Zach Taylor having the wrong guy out there in that situation. Yeah, I think in those situations, I'll speak on it real quick, too. Uh, I know we were talking legacies, but um, real, I think in that situation, they overthought. The coaches overthought the situation, period. You know, I know situationally all year that you if you watch the Bengals, you know, Samaji P. Ryan is in on those two minute drives. He's in on third down. And but again, it has to be a okay, cool. I need my best players in at this time. You know, especially on short yards. Short short yards, P. Ryan is a pass catching back. That's why he's in there. And I know they probably got in and try to run a quick play to quick up pick up a quick first down. I really think they thought they was just gonna, hey, let's just get this one yard. You know, and just boom, let's just hand it off real quick. And, you know, overthought the situation. But really, if you have on that last drive, it should be like, even if I'm Joe Mixon, cool. This is me, this is my time. You know what I'm saying? I'm the I'm the highest paid guy here. This is I don't care what what we what it is and what it's been in two minutes. This is the last drive of the season. I'm in here. You know what I'm saying? Come on out. You know what I'm saying? And and I don't think anybody would have questioned that it would have been any issues. You know, and again, that can go to coaching, that can go to the players and all that stuff and trusting your guys, but you got to have the best players in there. But anyway, yeah. Agreed. So speaking of best players, we'll jump back uh, with Aaron Donald and just what this Super Bowl meant to his legacy. Um, and there has been reports that he plans on hanging it up after winning this Super Bowl, which I know Los ain't trying to hear that. But, you know, just, you know, Aaron Donald, I think, is one of those positions where, like, if you know the game and, your, and, you know, his peers know the game, you can see how he's basically being effective, being double-teamed every, 
play, triple team, double team, every play, and he's still being effective. Um, but that, you know, that offensive line, I mean, I guess they got tied toward the course of the game because they did actually a pretty good job in the first half. But then when it's, I guess, Aaron Donald and Von Miller started wearing down on them and, you know, they turned into who they've been all season, giving up seven plus sacks in the, in the Super Bowl. But Aaron Donald, you know, I mean, does this, do you think that he should, do you think that he has anything else to prove? Do you think he should hang it up or you think he should give us a couple more years? I mean, again, just speaking on his legacy alone, man. I know his answer. <laughs> his legacy alone, he really has nothing else to prove. He's been an eight-time Pro Bowl. He's been in the year. He's been in the league eight times. He's been all pro. He has multiple defensive players of the year. This guy has led the league in sacks from an interior, de- interior defensive line position. I don't think you realize how crazy that is. To be in the inside where you're dealing with every every play, they know they know you're dealing with two to three guys. There's times during this Super Bowl where you saw he was triple team. This dude is still making plays, still making plays from that position. And I was just say he don't have anything else to prove. At 30 years old, he's been the highest paid defensive player in the league before. He had he's paid. He's taken care of for life. You know, from a selfish standpoint, I would obviously want him to continue to play. But from his mindset where he's having kids, he's selling it down. He's got his Super Bowl rings. He already got his gold jacket. And they're going to put a statue in front of SoFi Stadium of this guy. That We all know that's coming. We all know that's coming. You know what I'm saying? So he can hang it up now and enjoy his life. <laughs> his kids' kids are set. His kids' kids are set. So, I, I mean, I, from a selfish standpoint, I want him to play and continue to play because, you know, I want my guy out there against other teams. But from his standpoint, I can see him saying – I did everything I wanted to do. This this was fun for eight years of my life. It's time to move on to some other stuff and take care of my body. You know, we hear about injuries. We hear about these head injuries and stuff like that. Why not? Why not? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I feel like you've already covered the career. Uh, I already think that for me, he is, when I really go through my list, I have him probably as a, a top three defensive player that we've ever seen in this game. He's right up there. You know, I got Lawrence Taylor up there. I throw Reggie White up there. Um, he's right with those guys. I was telling my dad while I was watching the Super Bowl, I said, this is my generation's Reggie White, you know, because they saw Reggie White and talked about him all the time. But this is our generation's Reggie White. And um, I mean, I think it is fair to for him to hang it up if he decides to hang it up. You already mentioned, I mean, he's set. So, you know, why continue to put your body through all of that? Obviously, selfishly, we want to continue to still see a great player like that and see him potentially vault himself to number one all time on that list. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, I got to respect if he decides to give it up and hang it up, by all means, you know, do you. But he's definitely one of the the top three to me that has ever uh, played on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I echo your sentiments. Y'all both pretty much covered it. I just add on to it. You know, you kind of want to always see a guy just to see how far he can take it and how far he can extend his legacy. But like you said, I mean, if he decides to retire, I mean, I respect it. He has nothing else to prove. His resume has been stated. You know, he's amazing to watch and amazing to play. I just wish more people would appreciate his game. It finally looks like he's finally starting to get his get his flowers after eight seasons. But, I mean, he's been a dog. He's been a beast. Real, real quick, Rob. Um, I would just say we need to, even if, if, if he played, continue to play another year, two years, 
let's appreciate his greatness. And I'll say that he, he kind of his situation. We talked about this a little off air um, yesterday. He, he reminds me of the Michael Jordan, the Kobe Bryant, where you will never see another one like him. Or if you do, it's going to be rare to see another like him. Let's appreciate him and how great. And I know it's my team and all that stuff, but really and truly, like, let's appreciate um, just how great and what he's doing day in and day out from his position and having such a huge impact. Literally, from the NFC Championship game, he's the reason that game got closed out to the Super Bowl. He's the reason that game got closed out. He put his stamp. He could have easily been the Super Bowl MVP, and nobody wouldn't have questioned it. You know, but again, I was just say, just let's just appreciate it, man. Greatness is that dude is great, man. He's our pretty much our age, bro. <laughs> it's, just, it's just nuts, and he's great, man. He's great. Yeah, for sure. So we'll talk about the, his teammate Cooper Cup. He finished the regular season as a triple crown winner, offensive player of the year, and now he has a Super Bowl MVP. I think he's catapulted himself in some of the greatest. Uh, greater wide receivers we've seen in the game. I mean, because a lot of times you see in the regular season, yeah, the stats are high in the in the regular season, but, you know, the stats can kind of decline when you get into the heat of the moment, but it didn't have. Cooper Cup finished that drive off. If it wasn't for Cooper Cup, the, the Rams would not have a Super Bowl, obviously, because he got Super Bowl MVP, but you know, I think what what is there to say about his legacy? I think, you know, a couple of years ago he was underrated, but I don't think he'll ever be underrated, say he to be over underrated ever again. You ain't gonna be able to hide him anymore. No, you, you absolutely can't. From a guy that, you know, didn't have a bunch of freaking college offers to a guy that, you know, came in, was drafted in the third round to a guy that ran a 4-6, and that was the, really the reason a lot of people passed on him, like, oh, he's just a big slow guy, you know. He, he just completely just, you not sneaking up on anybody. And, I mean, really and truly how smart he is, I'll say this real quick and move on to Ramon. Um, he, he is really smart. He's in the quarterback meetings with the quarterbacks. You know, he have his wide receiver meetings, and he's in the quarterback room after his wide receiver meetings with the quarterbacks and watching film with Matthew Stafford, which is nuts. They say they gave him his own film room in the building. That that just speaks to how this dude just pushed to be great. And I, I love the dude, man. Yeah, honestly, one time when I heard him, I think breaking down some routes and different things post-game one time, I was like, I just really felt kind of dumb in the moment. Like, I don't understand what you're saying. Like, he was on another planet with his, his just football mind. And um, like you said, you know, at this point, he's elevated him himself among the receivers that we see currently in the game. I'm not ready just yet to start putting him on an all time list. I'm not ready just yet for that. I think that although don't get me wrong, Cooper Cup, this isn't the first season he's been good. He didn't just come out of nowhere. He's had several good seasons. I just have to see a little bit larger of a sample size of elite seasons from him we've seen good seasons i need to see more elite but can you say arguably that this is the greatest wide receiver season ever that you ever seen from a wide receiver uh yeah i can say that i i I can say that you know i i put that i really think it's hard to dispute that any season has been better when you look at him finishing it with a super bowl mvp you know you can think about some of the seasons that jerry rice had uh, that sit right up there. And even some guys that just kind of did it in the regular season, we know what Megatron did in the regular season. 
and all of that. But for a total year, yeah, I think that it's up there, if not number one on the list um, for all time. But um, in order to for him to jump up the all time ranks, I would like to see it a couple of more seasons of this elite play. Well, let's talk about another teammate, and that's Matthew Stafford. And it just leads to one question. I've been seeing a lot of discussions around him. Do y'all believe that Matthew Stafford is a Hall of Famer? I do. I, I think this year you look at guys like uh, Big Ben, who's going to probably go in the Hall of Fame. You know, you look at guys like Aaron Rodgers, who's going to go in the Hall of Fame. You look at guys like Eli, you know, which Eli has two Super Bowls, which is a little bit different, right? You look at those guys and you look at their stats, you know, he so he got his gold jacket this year based off what he did because his numbers has always been there. Um, his numbers has always been there. It's just the winning in the playoffs. He did that this year. It's the Super Bowl rings. Does he have a Super Bowl? He did that this year. You know, can he carry a team when he needs to? He did that this year. So I will just say he really, he really got his jacket this year. Um, and um, if he was decided to leave right now, I don't know if he'll be a first ballot, but I think he will get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'll just add on to that really quickly. You know, I can't really dispute anything Los has said right there. I think that all of the numbers are there. He's put up crazy, you know, stats in Detroit, the 5,000 yard season, all of that kind of stuff. And uh, for him to finally have that playoff run to get that ring, you know, once you get that ring, that just kind of cements you know, so many things for anybody, and especially you at that QB position. So uh, when I look at it and look at the totality, I think that he'll be a Hall of Famer. And I say it from this aspect, too. I don't think that he's done. I mean, I don't I don't assume that he's going to retire just yet or retire right now. So you're going to see the numbers continue uh, to elevate and to continue to go to another level and, you know, still see him have the opportunity to be with a contender and maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe have a chance to add another one to it. So, um, yeah, I do think that he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with you guys. I do feel like Matthew Stafford is a Hall of Famer. But for the purpose of podcast, and I have to say this, I don't know if he's a first ballot Hall of Famer at this point in his career. I mean, I think that he will get in there. I don't see why he shouldn't. It's like Ramon said, his Numbers will continue to elevate, which will put him in that conversation. But there's a lot of validity in what Richard Sherman said. And, you know, there's not many accolades there. Uh, he does have a Super Bowl win, but he wasn't even able to get MVP in the Super Bowl win. He was on a lot of bad teams. Um, but, I mean, you know, ultimately, numbers-wise, you can't debate it. But – there is a point to be made for him not being a first ballot Hall of Fame at this point. If he was able to hang up the cleats now, if he decides to play for six, seven more years, I don't see why his stats won't expand. Just, just right quick, just right quick. Um, and this is just me, you know, just thinking about this uh, a lot as far as Hall of Fame, first ballot, all of that. Like, in my opinion, just like even baseball, to me, they kind of mess things up. Either you a Hall of Famer or you not. Like, I, it, I know it's a real big thing to say, okay, you know, you first ballot and all of that. But, like, why should you have to go beyond the first ballot? Like, what changes about your <laughs> legacy and who you are to say, okay, well, we're not going to let you in the first go around, but nothing changed about what you presented 
But you know what? We'll let you in the second time you're on the list. So you know what? You've been on the list four times. We'll let you in now. Nah, like I, that, that's one thing that I just never really get. I, I just to respond to that quickly. I just think it also means who he's competing up against going in, you know, and I think that's what it all depends on what year they're rolling in. And that's what determines if they're going to be first ballot or not. Because again, you look at a guy like Tory Hope, who's put up nothing but monster numbers, who, you know, again, he went up multiple times now and Isaac Bruce, his, his, his receiving mate made it, you know, again, you look at their numbers compared they're right there, what and what. So what's the difference? You know what I'm saying? So I do get it from that aspect. Your resume doesn't change. But, you know, sometimes it, I know a lot of those guys miss out because of who the quarterbacks they're competing against that year, that particular year. Okay, this is a weaker quarterback uh, Hall of Fame class or people that are competing that are eligible, you know, this is probably the year he may slip in, you know. So it all I think it all just depends on that when he, he becomes eligible. That's just my opinion. I can respect that. But ultimately, like you say, it don't matter. As long as you get in that thing. I know that's how I, I feel. I don't care if it's my 50, 40 year of eligibility. If I get in that thing, you can't take my gold coat away. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I, I think that the Super Bowl is great. Uh, let's talk about another a GOAT, you know, a local GOAT, Joe Burrow. I mean, I think it says a lot about his legacy, and they were very well in that game. I, they were very well in that game. They had multiple chances to win, and he couldn't get it done. But to say in his second year off a torn MCL that he was able to even get them to the Super Bowl. But, man, I, I'll say this, and I've said it multiple times to multiple people. If they don't get this man some protection, he's going to be done after year five. And that's all there is to it. I think that this upcoming draft, they should focus on offensive linemen completely. Oh, yeah. You know, and that was a big thing going into this 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 previous year. You know, you had some of the top office alignment that went elsewhere. They decided they want to go more explosive or do they want to protect their quarterback? Again, we can't look back on it and say, hey, they made a bad decision because they made the Super Bowl off the backs of Burrow and Chase. So we really can't say it was a bad move this year. But now that you got your weapons, you have your running back, you have your two receivers locked in, you have a good tight end, Uzama. Let's go get some protection this year. There should be no, let's get another weapon. No, 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 no. Let's go get some protection. There should be no questions asked this year. No, I 100% agree with that. And to me, you have all the ammo that you need. I mean, you sit uh, top three right now in cap space uh, going into this offseason. We're sitting uh, a little bit over $57 million in cap space. And then also, too, like you said, you can really go out in the draft and uh, pretty much – Definitely make sure you show up that line, you know, as it relates to Joe Burrow, as you mentioned, coming off that gruesome injury, ACL, MCL, uh, all of the above. Uh, it was it's very, you know, just just really crazy to see what he was able to do and turn it around that franchise so quickly. Uh, now, what I will say is that, I mean, this game was huge. You You can't just sit back, even though we may sit as Joe Burrow fans and just look at that team and say, OK, they're young, they'll get back. There's never a guarantee that you'll get back to that moment. Um, and so that was, I guess, the tough thing in seeing Sunday. Do I ultimately believe that Joe Burrow will make it back? Yes, I do. But you look over there in that AFC and you look at those young quarterbacks that sit there. Patrick Mahomes isn't going anywhere. Josh Allen isn't going anywhere. 
You see a guy like Justin Herbert that, you know, is ascending to that level. You see a guy like Lamar Jackson, who really this season, you know, just ended up being hurt for some time and ended up being sick, but he's right up there. And so the road is tough over there. You know, it's not a clear path to the Super Bowl every single year. You know, we watched a guy like Tom Brady make it look easy. But when you look at guys throughout the duration of their career, Aaron Rodgers has made it to one Super Bowl. You look at it, we thought Drew Brees would see more. Uh, he saw one Super Bowl. You know, when we look at Dan Marino, who's one of the best that we've ever seen, he did it in his second year and he never saw it again after that. So I'm hoping that things can be different for Joe Burrow. And I do believe that ultimately he will get back. Uh, but this was really big. I think that some people have looked at it and said, you know what, they are ahead of schedule, which I feel that same way, and, and they'll be back. Um, but I don't sit there with that same definite guarantee, you know, that, that they'll be back. So this was a big game, but hopefully Joe can find his way back there. Yeah, for sure. We we, we hope, man, as a former LSU Tiger, he finds his way back. I think that as far as uh, – uh, specialists, offensive specialists, they said, you know, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, uh, Joe Mixon, they said on offense, you know, they just need to get a line and they need to get some better, uh, some better corners, you know. I don't think you could depend on the Eli Apple, you know, and everybody in the world has seen why Eli Apple is not on there. I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. I'm a Saints fan. I ain't going to do it. You're going to add to it. Just like all the Twitter. Eli Apple was one of the most trending names after the Super Bowl, man. He, didn't he even brought win. it on he, himself. Yeah. He deserved he it. Bro. He deserved it. He brought it on himself. I mean, it's like, what do you want? You want New Orleans to worship you for playing bad? You know, we would embrace you if you was playing well. But anyway, he, he got cooked. I mean, he looked like he was a middle school cornerback covering, like, <laughs> an NFL receiver. So what do you think covering. about his legacy, though? Like, do you think, you know? So. <laughs> definitely, definitely <laughs> third ballot Hall of Fame. <laughs> definitely fourth ballot Hall of Fame. Nah, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't want to talk about that guy. But, yeah, I mean, we're going to see. We're going to see if the Bengals can make it back. Um, um, that I mean, that's a wrap on the Super Bowl for me. I think we just about covered it. Yeah, I think we covered it. I'll just say hats off to those guys that are expected to retire. Andrew. Oh, it's Sean McVay done. Do y'all yeah. believe that? Yeah, I mean, you got Sean McVay. I don't believe it. I think he 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 just needs to rest. I think it's been a long season, you know. Um, but hats you, off. Huh? Like you praying a little bit over there. I, I am, man. <laughs> you know, I think I love Aaron Dow and his impact on the game, you know, but – when you lose your top, top guy, the guy that puts together the game plans, overall, I would think his impact on the team, which is kind of maybe debatable, is uh, it'll be largely more – I don't even know. I think equally you look at Aaron Donald and you look at Sean McVay. They both were equally hurt, so I can't even <laughs> – You just all busted over there. <laughs> I kind of right. He waited for you to move forward, right? He just he just want to go to the next topic. If Sean McVay, if he retires after this, that would be crazy to me. That would be right? unprecedented. Like we yeah. have not seen anything like that. I mean, yeah. think about it. He was hired at thirty years old, though. That was unprecedented. He only he's already, yeah, he only so he's already been right. I agree. Yeah. I mean, he's all, that's, that's still, you know, most head, head coaches start off 
Man, even what, what, Mike Tomlin, I think he was high when he was 36 or around that age, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Somebody Imagine that having too. that luxury, though, to be able to retire at 36. Like, I mean, if that you afforded the opportunity, he, I don't man, think he man, is. Man, ain't retiring, man. No, he he fooling, so. man. He ain't even had no rough years. Ask Sean Payton. <laughs> like, when Sean Payton retired, like, I get it. <laughs> you did have a pretty rough go ahead. <laughs> I'm surprised yeah. you lasted this long. <laughs> yeah, Sammy, but it's different, though. This is why I think it's different, a little bit different for him. He started as a young guy, right? Sean Payton, on the time he started, he went through during a time when he already had kids and already kind of had a family and stuff. Sean McVay is in that, that window now where he's just engaged. He's thinking about family, starting a family, but he's so dedicated to the job. He's one of those guys that he's either not in it or he's 110% in it. And putting in hours and you know getting this team ready. So from oh, so a family standpoint, from a family standpoint, I can see it, man. So if you put money on it, are you saying is Sean McVay gonna be our head coach? If I put money on, I think he's gonna be our head coach next year. Okay, so you said I'll let to say that. <laughs> I mean, I think I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be our head coach next year. Oh, yeah, he ain't going nowhere, man. Who are you fooling, man? He, he, it's all and, about – Hey, it also might be a little thing to get him another check, too. It no, might that, be that, pulling him to get another check. So That's what I was thinking. I think get the ultimate leverage that you can and, and get that money, like get that paycheck. So go ahead it's and make him think legacy, it's a possibility. Though. It's all about legacy. You don't do this to win a ring. You do this for legacy, man. Like he, he's building a legacy. Why would you want to – quit right now but is that everyone's motivation though i'm sick of guy i'm sick of seeing pro figures with that not being number one in their pride like i'm not used to that like you just seen a new era marching where guys where their legacy doesn't matter where it's all about the money it's all about one ring like no i want to see the great the greatest of the great compete for as long as they can to be the greatest like if Kobe, you know, if Kobe wouldn't have torn his Achilles, Kobe probably would still be playing. He'd still be probably wrapping it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like guys that just, like, I love pro athletes that just b- truly believe in legacy. That's what drives them in being great. I get that, and I feel that. But I think you also have to acknowledge also the differences in generations. Like, you know, I, I hate to take this kind of in a, in a different vein, but – we look at it over time. We look at the workforce even as it is today. We used to see generations where, hey, they got that job and they're going to stick that out for 30 or 40 years. And that's where they're going to be for the rest of their time. And it was about being there with the organization, being loyal. And now we see our generation now where you hop from job to job. You know, it's all of it, a lot of it is depending on, OK, what can be that next position or what can be that next dollar? And so I think that ultimately, it's tough to say that it completely parallels, but I think that you see things, you know, kind of change over time and things kind of morph over time. And so this may be something that you are seeing be a change in the landscape, you know? So I get it. I get where you're coming from with it, but it could be a sign of the times, man. I wouldn't expect any different. Well, guys, I think we just about did it. Unless those got something to add. No, I just want to say um, congrats to a career of Andrew Whitworth. He is for sure retiring. No man wants to talk about Andrew Whitworth. He's an LSU guy. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> joking. <laughs> so, I'm joking. I'm mean, joking. I just really want to say congrats <laughs> out to him. 
in his career and playing at the age of 40 and over 40 at a, a, one of the top. You think he retired? He's done. He's done. <laughs> he's done. Anyway, him and then Eric Weddle in his run, he's for sure re-retiring. Yeah, so right. Hats off to those guys. Yeah, hats off to them, man. Hats off to Andrew River, former LSU Tiger. Uh, congratulations on getting that ring against your former team. Um, I mean, phenomenal accomplishment. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of reasons. This is the first, probably one of the first Super Bowls, if any, where I didn't mind who won. You know, whether Joe Burrow took it home or whether Odell got him one. You know, I was happy for whoever won this. I didn't have. I mostly probably because Tom Brady wasn't in it, but I didn't have anybody that I was rooting against, you know. So it was really good. Um, and like I say, as I wrap up, make sure that you follow us on O underscore Benchwarmers. Uh, make sure that you uh, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. We were Super Bowl heavy. We're heading straight into the NBA after this next episode will be extremely NBA heavy because we've been neglecting the NBA. And plus, I miss it, man. I love talking NBA. That's my it's my favorite sport. I love basketball. So we'll get into it next episode. And until next time, we out of here.